How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3 coming right at y'all. Uh, it's the first day of May today. It is a Tuesday. It's finals week. Once again, guys, the grind is real, but got to get some information out there for y'all. Got some good stuff for y'all today. So I know I said today I wanted to hit a little bit more on the future in uh, Oklahoma City, but... Before I hit on that, uh, let's talk a little Celtics uh, 76ers from last night. Great game. So, guys, the Celtics have uh, been pretty hard to beat at home in these playoffs. They're undefeated still. I mean, they got great contributions from their big players. Horford giving them 26. I mean, you get 40 minutes from a rookie like Tatum scoring 28 points. And this is a rookie in Tatum who's supposed to be a majority three-point shooter. And Tatum actually was one for five for three. So that's just crazy to me he could even get there. I mean, Terry Rozier went off last night, seven for nine from three. Y'all saw the plays he made. Scary Terry, 29. Points. I mean, this kid is an absolute beast. It's his contract year, so Scary Terry just made himself a lot of money, guys. And quite frankly, he's been the nightmare of all these other teams. I don't know if y'all have ever watched Rick and Morty, but there's that Scary Terry character who goes in your nightmares and haunts you. And that's what Terry Rozier's been to these uh, Bucks and 76ers in the playoffs. He's been a nightmare that they can't get rid of, so he's been hurting them a lot. But, I mean, Horford's playing great, and y'all know how I feel about Horford. But he gets seven rebounds, not exactly what you want to understand. But, I mean, those 26 points are unreal. I mean, the Celtics just played a great game yesterday, and they just Simply beat the 76ers is what it comes down to. The 76ers shot horribly from three-pointer range. I mean, you have 0 for 4 for Saric, 0 for 4 for Covington. Uh, Simmons doesn't even shoot any threes because he has no offensive touch. And then 2 for 7 from Redick. I mean, off the bench, all those guys hit no no three-pointers from the bench except for Bellinelli being 1 for 2. But, I mean, that's what he does. But terrible bench uh just performance in general from the Sixers. You have to get more from these guys if you want to win this series. I mean, you get six points from Elias Sovel and 11 from Bellinelli. You don't Fultz doesn't even see the court. I mean, it's not what you need out of this team right now. And Embiid showed up and played really well last night. I mean, Simmons didn't play bad. He just played whatever for Simmons, but he did have a negative 21 plus minus, which is not great when he's out there on the court, but they need to figure out a way to defend Rozier, but it's not really any time to panic for the 76ers. I mean, I'd all they have to do is steal one game in uh, Boston, so I think they can definitely steal a game in Boston, but the Sixers just didn't shoot the ball well from three, and that's why they dropped that game against Miami, so if I'm the 76ers here, you just got to look at it as we didn't hit three-pointers. Their role players like Rozier stepped up and played amazing, and same thing with Tatum. I don't think those guys will do that every game this series, and basically all you have to do is defend home court and steal one on the road, and you got four chances to steal one on the road, so I really like the 76ers' chances to go in there and steal one on the road. I feel like they're definitely going to hit more three-pointers than they did last night, and they'll definitely shoot a better percentage so I mean hats off though to Boston I mean you lose your two best players in Hayward and Irving and then you lose your next upcoming star in Jalen Brown and you could just sit at home and be like oh everybody's hurt but no Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA you heard it I think he's the best coach in the NBA excluding Popovich I can't say he's better than Popovich that's a little absurd to say anyone's better than Popovich but Brad Stevens is doing something with this team with nobody on the roster that I've never seen any other coach do so. I mean, huge shout-out to Brad Stevens. Lots of respect for you, man. You truly are one of the best coaches in the NBA, and this Celtics team next year is going to be a team that's going to scare the entire Eastern Conference, but I still like the Sixers in this series, and it's no time for Sixers to panic. Let's look ahead real quick before we uh, talk about futures of teams and futures of players real quick. We got Cavs, uh, Raptors tonight. Raptors, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I mean, I think Cleveland will play them close tonight, but I like uh, Toronto to win. I just think they have too much size inside. They'll beat them on 
on the boards. I mean, Cleveland's going to play them well. Cleveland's on the road, though. I mean, they're not supposed to win this game tonight. I don't really see them winning. And then we got Warriors-Pelicans. Steph has not been ruled in or out yet, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I definitely think the Pelicans need to play better tonight. Drew Holiday is going to have to hit more shots and play better. They're going to have to get more performance out of those guards, which is what we've always said. When those guards play well, this team plays well, and that's why they beat the Blazers last series. But those guards played awful in game one, and that's why they lost. So they can get that guard performance. This will be a good game tonight, not a 20-point blowout like we saw the other night. So two great games to watch. I still have the Raptors beating the Cavs in six, but if it goes seven, I like the Cavs just because you got LeBron James, and you know how hard uh, it is to beat up on LeBron James, so I definitely like the the Raptors in this game tonight. I think DeRozan will take over, so both games are going to be really fun to watch, and I can't wait to watch them tonight, but let's move on from there now, and Let's talk about Oklahoma City and what's going on there. So obviously the biggest question mark of what's going to happen is is PG out of OKC and Honestly, I mean, he said some stuff like he wants to stick around. He said he felt like the team came together and stuff. And I really feel like Paul George is a team player. Now, he's a guy who definitely has had the short end of the stick with that injury and just other things happening to him around the league. But I definitely really think that he's a locker room guy. I mean, the locker room fell apart a little bit in Indiana. It was time for him to move on. But I think he's a good locker room guy. And I think that he definitely will consider sticking around. I think him and Westbrook's a good combo. I mean, he learned how to adapt his game to Westbrook. I mean, yeah, he didn't play well in that last game, but... That's just what it is. Sometimes you don't have a good night in the NBA and you got to find other ways. I mean, Paul George found himself and made himself a top probably five defensive player in the league and he's a really good two-way player now and that's what you want to see out of Paul George. He's a great number two star and he can be the number two star on a championship winning team. I really think though that Melo is the cancer in this problem problem to the team. You saw where he said I ain't coming off the bench and all that stuff. He does not want to come off the bench and I personally don't think they need Carmelo there. If they get rid of Carmelo it opens up so much cap space that they can bring in two or three role players or maybe two more role players. I mean you could literally get two more starters in there. I feel like a team with Westbrook, Steven Adams, Paul George and then a couple role players can really go far in the playoffs and make a good run. I mean, this OKC team is not as bad off without Melo. I mean, Melo was really the weak link for them all season long. Whenever he played well, they were really well, but when he played bad, you didn't know what was going to happen, and Melo pretty much didn't show up after halfway through Game 2 when they blew that huge lead they had, and Utah didn't turn back after that, so I personally think Paul George will end up in L.A. I mean, I think he wants to go to L.A., but I think that Oklahoma City would work very well next season with just him and Russ being the two stars and then a bunch of role players. Melo leaving would open up so much cap space for them. Personally, I think Melo's going to accept his player option and then get bought out and go to Cleveland, but it's kind of a long shot, but at the same time, I think it'll happen because Melo knows nobody else in the league will pay him that kind of money, so he's going to opt in and get his money. Melo's all about the cash. That's why he stayed in New York instead of winning championships, and that's exactly why he's going to opt in and make them buy him out before he leaves and leaves that money on the table. So this This is my hottest take I think I've had in a while on this show, and some people might get a little pissed off about this take, but it is what it is, and you got to listen to me logically here. So Donovan Mitchell plays shooting guard. Michael Jordan plays shooting guard. Ben Simmons plays small forward. LeBron plays small forward. Donovan Mitchell has broken so many records that Michael Jordan set as a rookie. I mean, this kid is a beast. He's the go-to scorer on a team that got to the second round of the playoffs. There's no slowing him down. He outdueled the reigning league MVP. Like, Donovan Mitchell is nothing to be looked over. Everyone who says, oh, Simmons is rookie of the year. I don't see Ben Simmons going games and take over and win them. All I heard was, oh, they need him back to get to the next round, but Donovan Mitchell didn't need Gordon Hayes 
Hayward to get the next round. He went out and did it himself and took the game over. This kid takes the game over as a player, and he will lock your best player up, too. This kid can play. I feel like he's the next big thing. Kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to be as good or better than Jordan, but I feel like he's up there as one of the next best go-to shooting guards and go-to players in the league. Now, I still think Ben Simmons will be better. I just think that Donovan Mitchell's better right now, and that's why he should win Rookie of the Year, because I think LeBron's better than Jordan. I think Ben Simmons is like LeBron. We said when LeBron gets a jump shot, he will be the best player in the league. Look, LeBron got a jump shot. He's the best player ever. Ben Simmons has no jump shot. When he gets a jump shot, he'll be the best player in the league. Well, Ben Simmons gets a jump shot. He might be able to be the best player ever. I'm not saying he will be, but he's going to have an opportunity. And I, like I said, I think LeBron's better than Jordan. So I think Ben Simmons is the highest potential of any player in the league. So you ask me in the future which one of these two players I'd rather have, I would take Ben Simmons. But as of right now, you got to take Donovan Mitchell. There's no denying what this kid's doing. I mean, Dan Tony dialed up a little scheme to shut him down and take him out of the game. But that's what good coaches do, and that's what Mike D'Antoni is. Trevor Ariza is a dog on defense. P.J. Tucker is. I mean, Joe Johnson, too. Joe Johnson, yes, he does the ISO Joe show. But ask Paul Pierce, who his least favorite shooting guard was to be guarded by. He'll tell you Joe Johnson. So I definitely think there's an extremely bright future for this kid, an extremely bright future for this Utah Jazz team. I love what they're doing down there. And I think this will be a fun team to watch in the future. So look out for the Jazz in the future. So, guys, the NFL draft obviously happened last weekend. And I know I talked yesterday about winners and losers, but a team I did not talk about as a winner that I really, really like what they did in the draft is the Cleveland Browns. And that is because, as you all know, I love Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is an absolute gamer. I think he has that thing that Deshaun Watson has. He has that thing that separates the good athletes from the great ones, and that is his heart and his motor. He has the motor like no one else in the league, and I feel like that is what's going to propel him. I mean, this kid is a walk-on. He's a walk-on. He's a true walk-on at Texas Tech, won the starting job, transferred to Oklahoma, beat out Trevor Knight, who beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. He's like one of the only quarterbacks to beat Alabama. If you think about it, Nick Saban never loses. If you can beat Alabama, like that's a huge feat, and he beat him out for a starting job. He went to Ohio State last season, beat them, spiked his flag down at midfield. I mean, this kid is got swagger. He's got a winner's mentality. Baker Mayfield isn't a guy who cares about his stats. All he wants to do is win. That's all he thinks about is winning. This is the kind of player you need to in an organization like this. Baker Mayfield is a purebred winner and a hard worker, and this is what you need. His attitude will rub off on everyone. I mean, yeah, he's a little bit cocky, but when you're that good, you can be cocky. He's not arrogant like Josh Rosen. You don't hear him saying, oh, I'm so much better than everyone in the draft. I'm better than all 90. You don't hear him saying stuff like that. You hear Baker Mayfield saying, I'm going to remind him who daddy is when he goes out there on the field what does he do? He reminds him who daddy is. Yeah, he shows it. He tells him to suck his dick. I mean, it's a little vulgar and definitely not what you should do. But I mean, when you're a trash team like Kansas and you're playing against the better, best player in the league, you kind of got to remind him like they don't know who they're messing with. Don't talk about me. I love the swagger Baker Mayfield has, and I think it'll rub off on everybody now. With that four pick where they took Denzel Ward, you could say, yeah, they could have traded back and got Ward. Yeah, there was better players on the board like Bradley Chubb, but I think they did what they needed. They lost Joe Hayden to the Steelers last season. They let him go because of his contract, and I feel like they needed a new lockdown corner, and this is what they went out and got. They got themselves the best corner they could get in the draft, and I mean, what's wrong with getting the best player for one of your biggest needs? That's exactly what you're supposed to do in the draft, and that's what the Browns went out and did. I feel like they did a great job. I mean, they took a t- tackle from Nevada, Austin Corbett. I mean, that's another great pick. Nick Chubb. 
Chubb, another great pick at running back. Chad Thomas, there's your defensive end right there. You get your other pass rusher in the third round. In the fourth round, you get Antonio Callaway, a guy I'm not as big on, but you get yourself a nice little young wide receiver. I mean, I just feel like they did an excellent job in this draft getting things they needed. Now they got themselves a quarterback and an offense where they got pretty much three running backs. You got a pass catching back in Duke Johnson, two running backs that can tote the rock with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. I mean, Duke Johnson can play a little slot for you too. Then you got some uh, great receivers with Jarvis Landry, who's a guy who I think could really break out this season and make a case to be a top 10 receiver in the league. Jarvis has all the talent, the speed, everything, the ball skills. I mean, he's a guy who could really, really break out when if he gets some good quarterback play in there because, I mean, Tannehill is not that great of a quarterback if you ask me. He couldn't do hardly anything with Jarvis. Jarvis is the kind of guy you throw him a screen pass, one person misses a tackle, he's gone. You see, you're not seeing him again until he slows down in the end zone. And we all know what Josh Gordon can do when he's healthy and when he stays out of trouble. So it's going to be a scary offense, man. I really like them on the offensive side of the ball. Lots of good, young, defensive players. I mean, this is a Browns team and can win some games next year. And two years from now, when Baker's adjusted and fully ready to go in the NFL, I think this is a Browns team that could potentially make the playoffs. I love what they have done with this team, and I think that they're going to be really, really good moving forward. So great job by Cleveland by winning the draft and being one of the, I'd probably say they have the third best draft of any team. I mean, they got themselves their franchise quarterback, lockdown corner, and tons of other good players. So this is a Cleveland Browns team that can definitely tear stuff up next season. I'm really excited to see what they do in the uh, AFC, and this is a weak AFC, so good chance for Cleveland. Shout out to y'all. Y'all's, y'all's franchise finally looks like you have an extremely bright future and it's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to suck for a while to be good. Look at the 76ers. Trust the process. Now it's time for the Browns to turn in on the process. Real quick guys on today's lightning round. The first thing I'm going to hit on is uh, the Red Sox. Yeah, I had to bring the lightning round back for today, but this Red Sox offense is showing no sign of slowing down. This is still the best offense in the MLB. This is the best record in the MLB. I mean, this team is good, man. They're stacked from top to bottom with hitting and pitching and I don't see this hitting slowing down anytime soon. I mean, they're just absolutely killing the ball. Mookie Betts is high up there for the MVP race, so I really think this Red Sox team is going to keep killing the ball, and they're going to keep being good. I mean, Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, that's your young stud right there. Benatendi, I mean, this team is just stacked up from top to bottom. So many good players, so many good pitchers with guys like Chris Sale and David Price, so the Red Sox, man, we definitely overlooked them a little bit. I think the Yankees will come on at some point this season, as will the Astros, and try to separate themselves but this Red Sox team will definitely make the playoffs isn't if they don't win the division as a wild card them or the Yankees will win the division or make it as a wild card and this team will definitely be a tough uh, opponent to face in the postseason the team you don't want to face so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do in the future this team has a real bright future this season the next thing I want to talk about in today's lightning round is Kyler Murray quarterback for Oklahoma now this was a kid who was really highly recruited went to Texas A&M then transferred to Oklahoma and this kid is an absolute beast do not overlook him he plays baseball too. I really think that Oklahoma, just because they lost their big left tackle in Orlando Brown to the NFL and Baker Mayfield, lots of people are going to start overlooking them this season and kind of forget about them and not think they're as good. But I think Oklahoma has a shot equally as easy as they did last year to go to the Final Four. I think this is a team that's going to be just as good this season as they were last season. So I definitely would not sleep on Oklahoma and everything they did this this last season and what they're going to do this next season. I'm really excited to see what they can do. And I think Kyler Murray's the kind of guy who can be a sleeper to compete for Heisman. 
Now, the last thing I want to talk about on the, today's lightning round is the uh, the Patriots taking Sony Michelle. Now, speculation is that the Eagles actually called them and asked to trade up for the pick, and the Patriots told them to go to uh, piss off or to kind of go away a little bit, and they went and took Sony Michelle just to spite them. Now, I don't know if that's true or not because Sony fits really well in the Patriots system, but it's kind of funny that they're a little sore over what happened in the uh, in the Super Bowl last year, and they might have taken him just to spite him. So, I mean, that's a little interesting uh, storyline right there. I'm interested to see what happened, if that's actually true or not, what kind of reports come out. But it is funny regardless of what happened either way. So we'll be looking to see what the Patriots do. I mean, they had another good draft, too. They were definitely one of the winners. I said they had top five best drafts. But, I mean, that's Belichick, man. He gets what he needs, and he plugs it into his system. So big season next year for the Patriots. I bet you they'll bounce back and be fighting for that Super Bowl spot. So can't wait to see what happens in the NFL. I'll have more draft takes, more uh, NBA takes for you all this week. This concludes today's podcast. Take it easy, guys. Those of you all in finals, keep Brian and we're almost there, so talk to y'all uh, tomorrow. I got him on the end of the rice. The home and I ran with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Gotta fend this store in my house. Gotta build a garage in my house. Gotta wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't keep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch my lap.